Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to episode 80 of Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted beer scenes across the U.S. I'm your host, Brian, and we're back for uh, another month with a new feature, Beer City, and a new co-host. Well, not new, new. You'll remember him from our episodes featuring the great city of Boise, Idaho. Please welcome back my good friend, Isaac Bell. How's it going, Isaac? Good, good. Uh, Great to be here, Brian. Yes, yes. How you doing? Yeah. You doing? You doing well? You, you feeling good? Living the dream, man. One day at a time. Yep. That's Absolutely. Great. That's Just great. Finished setting up the Christmas decorations. So, oh, good for you. Uh, we arranged our, we rearranged our entire house over the weekend last weekend. So I, uh, I still haven't gotten to set up Christmas decorations. It looks the same to all of our wonderful beer club subscribers behind me. You still got the the background, but I'm in a different room. I'm in my living room. Right over there is my couch. Right behind the green screen is my TV. Shout out to the beer club subscribers to get to see you don't get to see anything really. You no. get to still still get to see the back backdrop. I'm, right. I'm a little I'm a little goofy tonight. Full disclosure. COVID. Brian is in COVID land. It was about a year ago that I got COVID before for the first time. And now, uh, about a year later, I got it again. Funny enough, the last time I had it, uh, we were also streaming. We were streaming for our 12 Beers of Christmas, and we were starting the third night of the 12 Beers of Christmas in 2021. And beyond telling you that we drank a beer from Trib Tab in Birmingham, Alabama, I can't tell you much else about that night. I, I, I don't remember it. So I'm guessing tonight is going to be like that. So this month, we're featuring a city I'm very fond of. It's been the setting for many of my favorite movies and TV shows, and it's got a nice little beer scene that's been quietly growing uh, since the late 80s, early 90s. Our December featured city is none other than Duke City, the home of the Balloon Fest, the ABQ, Albuquerque, New Mexico. We got our wonderful inclusions here. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Gravity Bound Brewing Company, a great new brewery out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, the first of our four featured breweries from that wonderful southwestern city. We're going to be enjoying their net effect, hazy IPA, as well as the travel by night dark check lager, two great styles I'm super excited for, and I'm sure Isaac is as well. 100%. Yeah, we're also going to get to know Albuquerque a little bit better. And then later in the episode, we're actually going to plug in a little interview I did with my close friend, Gabe a musician and producer that uh, has been living the van life in New Mexico for close to the last 10 years. We'll get his take on the beautiful state of New Mexico. But before that, we got some quick sip questions for Isaac here. Fast questions, fast answers. Help us get to know our guests or our co-hosts fast. Finish these and, and we can crack our first beer. Isaac, sound good? Sounds good. All right. All right, let's go. Isaac, your favorite beer of all time. That's like choosing your favorite child. But if I had to name it like right here, right now, uh, probably Fremont 3000. Oh, Mr. Barley Wine, huh? Last one that I can remember. Just I would love to just have it forever. Cool. Uh, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm an extroverted introvert. Okay. Do you enjoy a cozy tap room or a lively beer garden more? that's like when you ask people their favorite beer style um, and they say it depends what time of the year it is, what time of the day. It just depends on my mood or where I'm at. Uh, usually I would say that I am a cozy taproom kind of guy, but I love yeah. a good lively beer garden um, as well. Um, I'll go, I'll go with you there. Can I say both? Sure. I want it all. 
this is like uh whose line is it anyways the the points are made up and the rules don't matter right there we go i love it or the rules are made up and the points don't matter anyways i'm not drew carey czech or german pilsner isaac this is another i want to say both uh but if i had to choose i'd say czech cool i would agree with you there isaac what skill do you have that you're most proud of not a skill at all but i once popped a microwave bag of popcorn with no kernels left behind, and I didn't burn anything in there. This is my greatest accomplishment. You can't take it away from me. It's quite, it's quite the feat. You're relying on, relying heavily on the microwave to do the lifting for you. There, people are asking for proof, um, and of course, you never think that you're going to have that perfect moment. Uh, I'd say DIY. Uh, outside of that, I'm I'm pretty quick at picking new things up and um, school YouTube. Yeah, you just you just redid your entire bathroom, huh? I sure did. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, uh, I sourced that on Facebook. Like, Hey, what do I do here? Somebody help me. Uh, by the way, all the tiles are out. (laughs) Um, and our final and favorite quick sip question, Isaac, have you ever seen a UFO, Bigfoot ghost, anything inexplicable? You know, I can't say that I have, and I'd have to think on that for a really long time. We were convinced that our house was haunted when we moved in here. Um, mm. because the doors were opening and shutting and slamming. Uh, but it turns out we later found out that my uh, English bulldog had just learned how to bulldoze into doors uh, and open them. So <laughs> not a haunting, um, but it was inexplicable for a very long time. Not a haunting, just general yeah. terrorizing That's right. by a, a short stumpy bulldog. All That's right. Well, right. that was great. Thank you for those answers, Isaac. Let's get to our first beer. I think we should start with the net effect, a nice, soft, hazy IPA, and then get into our uh, our darker, darker boy we got here. Wouldn't say no. Shout out to our beer club subscribers, especially shout out to our new beer club subscribers joining us for their first live stream. This smells mm. absolutely delightful. Yeah, this is this is a wonderful beer. I had uh, I had one of these yesterday when I was uh, wrapping up after dinner and Citra, Eldorado, Mosaic, Simcoe, Cascade Hops. So a really nice medley in there. And uh, they're calling this a hazy IPA. You could call it a New England style IPA, whatever you fancy, but it is wonderful. I went for one of those sky pours here. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> Don't fear the foam. Don't fear the foam. That's oh, right. Sky. Here, I'll sky pour the rest. Oh, that was right on my desk. There we go. Sky pour the rest. A little bit for you, a little bit for the desk. A little bit for you, a little bit for the desk. Again, I'm in a different room now. I don't have my uh, trusty, handy paper towels ready to go there. Cheers. Prost. Yummy. Shout out to new subscriber in the chat, Matt. Big hop aroma as soon as the can was cracked. Yeah, this thing is just exploding, exploding with that hop aroma. Again, um, classic to the style. Classic to the style of new England IPA. It's, it's extremely soft. There's not a ton of bitterness. You know, you get that heavy hop aroma in there and you're expecting something to expecting some bitterness to smack you in the face when you sip it, but it is so smooth, so drinkable. And for 7%, this is one that could really get you into some trouble. Mm. It's velvety. It almost has that, like, it's almost like drinking an orange Julius at that very first sip. Mm. Yes. That creaminess in there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it would be a really cool idea if somebody made a 
killer New England IPA and called it like <laughs> Julius or something like that. Is there a brewery that does that? There, there might be. This, <laughs> this actually might be their glass. Oh, do, do you have a treehouse glass right now? Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. It's very subtle. It's it's etched into the glass. It's it's top tier. Yeah, shout out, shout out to that small, you know, little known brewery up in Massachusetts, uh, Treehouse. So uh, we got a great brewery here that we're featuring, Gravity Bound. Obviously, as Isaac are tasting through, Isaac and I are tasting through this hazy IPA. It's delicious. But let's learn a little bit more about Gravity Bound. Uh, they opened in June of 2020, just a few blocks from other featured BLT brewery this month marble brewery you know much like uh many other cities we feature on this show there's definitely some hubs of uh breweries in the city of albuquerque and in downtown there's this little pocket where uh, marble is gravity bound is right around the corner and there's a couple three four other breweries in that area gravity bound was actually started by two brothers cameron and chris friggin cameron is their brewmaster and he has Years and years of experience in the industry came most recently from Bronx Brewery in New York City. I believe you're pretty familiar with them, Isaac. I am, yes. Yeah, the great, great brewery. Yeah, really, really solid brewery up in Bronx, obviously in the Bronx. <laughs> COVID, I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame that one on COVID. Uh so they're super, super focused on sustainability at Gravity Bound. Um, the brewery and taproom space were converted from an auto body garage and they upcycled as many materials as possible when they were building out that brewery uh they used pallet wood for the entire bar they built the doors out of pallet wood and they even went down the street and grabbed some repurposed tires from a tire yard and made garden planters that still sit out front of the brewery you said you're a very diy guy isaac i'm sure you've made a few things out of pallet wood oh 100 actually I can't showcase it here, but I have a, uh, I have a headboard that I built out of uh, out of pallet wood. Back when headboard in a condo, yeah, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. I'll I'll share a picture with you. Uh, okay. we'll, maybe maybe I'll share a picture next week when when we come back. Well, I I was supposed to. We could get a little inside baseball. I was supposed to come down to your house this weekend and visit you in DC, but given That's my correct. my sickness, I think I won't be. I could have seen the headboard in person. Could have seen it. It's been repurposed. It sits behind our couch now. Uh, I reset it up. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, and, and it's top tier too. You know, I love, I love, you, they mentioned they're, they were in an auto garage. Um, I just came back from Texas last week and a lot of tires with cactuses, you know, planted inside. And I saw it and I was like, great, <laughs> great idea. Love that. Wish I could do cactus outside or cacti, I guess, outside. It gets a little, uh, strenuous on relationships when you start bringing tires inside for garden planters. So we'll, we'll stay away from that, but we have a local coffee shop. That's also in a garage and it's just a converted garage. And it's awesome. You know, they get all that natural light. It's beautiful. I can only imagine I get just also we're naming like every brewery there were ever. We're like, they've got, they've got reclaim pallets and there's Edison light bulbs. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Gravity Bound takes that sustainability to the next level. Uh, 20% of all the energy used at the brewery is actually collected from their rooftop solar panels. And they brew exclusively on an all-electric system, so not using utilizing any natural gas or steam power for that system. So they're definitely conscious of the impact that they're having on their local grid and their local community. You don't have, you don't have solar panels on your roof, do you? Not yet. Not yet. When we moved in, it was the roof was new. So it's one of those things like when we get it redone, 
our neighbors got the Tesla solar panels. Uh, they're they're sleek. They look real nice. We'll see how long they last. Yeah, I was trying to think of a blue check mark joke to make yeah. about Tesla panels, but again. <laughs> brain is not fire the way yeah. it normally does so our friends at gravity bound they also focus on like where they're sourcing their ingredients they use this really great company in colorado called proximity malt they exclusively only use malts from proximity malt you know not only does that help support another small business and help local agriculture in the Colorado area, but it greatly reduces the shipping resources needed to obtain those materials. So rather than buying malt from Europe or further up into the Midwest, uh, they choose to go with proximity malt in close by Colorado. Again, focusing on what impact their their ingredients, their raw materials, their resources are having on their uh, on the environment. And I think that's uh, little choices that make a difference. Yeah, I love that. Especially too, when it might cost just a little bit more money, but exactly. I think you, you can, you can taste it. You're keeping it local and you can taste the, I think you can taste it. You know, you're seeing that in, in food and recently you're starting to see that with beer and I think spirits as well. Um, and I, I'm here for it. Yeah. We talk a lot about local breweries on the show. Of course we, we stand local breweries on this show. Right. An, another reference to my one Gen X friend. Um, and one thing that's really popped up around the local brewery scene, too, is local craft malting. Um, here in Pittsburgh, uh, actually a little bit north of here, in Butler, we have a company called CNC Malting. They do 100% traditional floor malted grains. Again, taking a little bit more time, but using resources and, and thinking about how those resources are going to impact their local community. And that's the story in, in nearly every city where there's a bustling brewing scene, you're you're most likely going to find some little small craft malt house that's that's cranking out really, really good malts yep. with a focus on their their footprint. So another cool thing that Gravity Bound does, and I think you're going to like this, Isaac, because you may know, know or two thing or two about this, but they also produce non-alcoholic kombucha on site mm. and they actually flavor it with ingredients that are grown in those aforementioned garden planners made out of repurposed tires. You've made a couple uh, batches of kombucha, right? You're a boot, you're a booch boy. I was a booch boy for, for a little bit there. It was good. It's a lot of work, right? I, I think anything, anything, if you want it to be good is, is a lot of work and you can make it seem easy or not. Um, I, I don't think I was around enough to keep, I had a SCOBY hotel that eventually just was like a SCOBY and a gigantic two gallon container. What's the hotel part of it? Uh, so SCOBY is an acronym for symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. Uh, it's what you, you're pretty much fermenting tea. And the hotel part is this SCOBY, it looks like it's weird. It's like a gelatinous, um, grow like a glob. Um, it's, it's pretty disgusting looking. Yeah. Like a film. Yeah. Uh, and it gets thick. It gets, um, you know, I had SCOBYs that were a couple of inches thick, uh, and you want to repurpose them. You can just essentially throw them into the next batch. And the next batch, uh, but you want to keep your scoby alive, so you keep it in a little bit of booch in a, another container, and you can essentially just—it's a hotel for scoby, like it literally just grows in there. Why until do they you call, get back why do they in. need to call it a hotel though? I, I, don't, I don't know. This is <laughs> YouTube told me uh, that's that's what it's called. Uh, yeah, because okay. you have a whole bunch of like little cultures like all staying in a container together. It's essentially what a hotel is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a lot of work, um, and then 
it's a good probiotic. I, I don't know. I don't know how like soccer moms love it. Like I don't know. It tastes good, but like, I don't know if it's like <laughs> as good a probiotic as just like eating a cup of yogurt in the morning, you know? So I'd, I'd it's one of those things I'd rather just buy now. I was going to say shout out to our producer, Laura, who said she loves kombucha. I really hope you talked gravity bound into sending you some kombucha. And sorry for Isaac slant on soccer moms loving uh, kombucha. <laughs> I stand by it. We talked about the booch. Gravity Bound is is just a really cool brewery. They have a really nice space. Highly recommend visiting them if you're ever in the Albuquerque area. You know, you're waiting to jump on your Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul location tour. You're waiting to buy a pizza and uh, very meanly throw it on the the roof of Walter White's house. Why don't you just swing by Gravity Bound and, and go there instead of going and throwing a pizza onto Walter White's house? Can, can we jump back to the butcher? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm saying I love it when when breweries decide to do this because I've talked to so many brewers uh, that that won't let that anywhere near uh, their brew houses. So like if you're brewing queen beer, if you're making queen beer, uh, the last thing that you want is like a symbiotic culture of bacteria anywhere near uh, your, your brewery. So I always yeah, think it's, it's really brave when when places decide to do that. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see exactly where in the brewery they're doing it, but I, I'm pretty sure he said that they have it right. like uh, sectioned off into a certain area. I mean, this tastes great. So, yeah, there's definitely no kombucha in here. I am not a fan of kombucha. My aunt makes it. My aunt who got me into craft beer and stuff, who's also tried to get me into kombucha, which I just will not. I, I don't know. I can't do it. Yeah, I, I think you would know quite quickly if your yeah. scoby got into your beer because your beer would. Not taste like beer anymore. Yeah, just in the same facility. I, I I think it's very brave, and I love it when one place are like, "Yeah, we do this, and we do this, and we do this." And it's like cool. Well, Isaac, what do you say we uh, we get into our second beer here? Uh, let's go for it. This is a dark check lager. It's called Travel by Night. Completely different change of pace. Completely different change of pace, but uh, I will say one of the most underappreciated styles in the world. Isaac, you're you're actually the first person that turned me on to the dark check locker. Was it the Tamave? The Tamave, yeah, from um, Silver Branch. Silver Branch, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cheers. I was an old two cup Isaac today, so I'm going to put down the rest of this (laughs) Uh, two two glass Isaac. Got to come prepared, buddy. Uh, No, no, no. I'll just I'll finish one and then I'll move on to the other. They're even good when you mix them together. This is my well. I have a I have a little trick. Uh, for those of you out there, you can you can use this if you want. Uh, if I'm ever at a new brewery um, or a place that I haven't been to, new to me, trying beers, I'll always get the Pilsner uh, as a palate cleanser along the way. So I have my daddy bow. I've how'd you know? It's in a koozie. You know, how could you tell? <laughs> I just just took a guess. <laughs> you know, uh, in the same way, if you were like, well, you know, I have a seasoning that I usually use for things like that. I would be like, oh, it's Old Bay. It's Old Bay. Of course, you're in Maryland. Uh, it's, when I go to people's houses now, I've started bringing, bringing a bow as a gift to them. And I call it the Baltimore handshake. Some people, some people go to a wine store, get a really nice bottle of wine, nope. something they can give the guests that they know is going to like be special for them they could drink it at a later date no you're like here have a single can of natty bow it's been rolling around on the floor of my car no on the drive over here well if i mean if there's more than one host i'll bring two 
and usually one for me to enjoy with them. Yeah. Beer brings people together. You know, you don't get a case. You just grab, you just grab a couple of Lucy's. It's the ultimate Baltimore handshake. Certainly better than a Baltimore crock pot. (laughs) That's one for you and me, bud. (laughs) Deep, deep dive. So the Tamave pills, the Tamave lager, you know, in layman's terms, the Czech dark lager, dark Czech lager. Obviously, the Czechs are known for their lagers. Some would even go as far as to say is they invented Pilsners and and basically invented lagers. If you didn't know, Pilsners come from a town in in the Czech Republic known as Pilsen. And they they kind of started that style and it, it spread out through, throughout the world. But Czech dark lagers take the beautiful balance of malt and hop character that is in your traditional Czech Pilsner, and they bring a dark character into it. And it blends in so nicely with the beautiful malt backbone and the pronounced bitterness. It's just such a wonderful beer. It's certainly a uh, assertive beer style. This is very well done. This is a very well done example. Um, Clocking it at 5.1% ABV in typical Czech beer fashion. It was brewed exclusively with Czech Zaws hops and a uh, variety of specialty malts from their friends at Proximity Malt. Here's here's how mm. spoiled I am these days, Brian. I was at a brewery uh, actually over the weekend, uh, and they had a Czech dark lager. They had a Czech pills. Um, they had a uh, Grzycki as well. Ooh, yeah, uh, banging lineup uh, in terms of, in terms of the beers and the lagers that they had. And I looked around and and there were no side pulls, hmm. and it, it swayed me a little bit. For those that don't know. Isaac's talking about something known as a lucre faucet, which is a Czech faucet. It's a, they call it a side pull faucet because rather than the handle being on the top, it actually comes out the side and it's used for traditional Czech bar service. But please continue. Well, there's probably a reason that they didn't have them because they are also very expensive. Um, yeah, they're about they're about four hundred dollars a piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, a normal faucet's like fifty. And then you got to train your train everybody how to use them uh, the the right way, you know. Um, yeah. So there's another expense I think that comes with it, on top of it. But um, you know, it gives you those. It gives you you can essentially control the the uh, the carbonation on it. You can have what we like to call the uh, the milk pours. If anybody out there has had those recently, Rico. Todd is is rabid, is savage by these these milk pours. You can't go anywhere with Todd without. Him coming back to the table if it's available. I would like to take credit for doing that to him because he did not have one before he came here to Pittsburgh. Oh, and really? I forced, I, <laughs> you've, yeah, you I created a it. monster. I did. Yeah. Yeah. But it's great. I, so for those that don't know, the milk pour is a thing that's big in the Czech Republic. It's it's a it's almost like a shot of beer. You manipulate the faucet in a way that it only pours out foam. And it's not normal foam because these Luger faucets aerate the beer differently. It is smooth and silky. It's it's almost it's almost smoother than like nitro foam. Yeah, it's so creamy and delicious, and it's all white, so it looks like milk. It has like almost the texture of milk. It has this creamy texture to it. You get around for everybody that you're drinking with that night, and it's a great way to either start the night or cap off the night. Right. Everybody just takes a milk pour, chugs it down, and 
it's it's a it's a great way to drink but do it slightly differently yeah with, so it, it feels like like you're you're new. you're getting me fired up it's like just just explaining it to everybody right now i'm sitting here and i'm like what what's what's four hundred dollars you know yeah. yeah yeah i'm getting excited just thinking about it yeah if you get a chance all, all everybody listening or, or watching if you get a chance do them yeah next place you're at that has side pool faucets, get yourself and your friends, your family, your loved ones that you're at with that brewery, get around the milk pours to start things off. You'll thank me later. And then I'll tell you the, the real pro move. You start with the milk pour and then you finish with a round of Underbergs. You get mm. the uh, Underberg licorice digestif that's like 50% alcohol. Oh boy. I've started throwing those at the beginning of the night. Dude. Preempt like a strike. million bucks. That's a smart move. Preemptive strike. Yeah. Yeah. That you know, and I was telling you earlier, you know, water. Just drink as much water as you can. People always ask, hey, you drink a lot of beer. What's the best hangover cure? Drink water. Hydration. Hydration, essentially. Yeah. I mean, guys don't come back from the army runs and like drink pound a bunch of water when they're done. Gotta drink water before you go out. Yeah, I mean, you got to drink water while, before you go out. You got to drink waters while you're going out. You got to drink waters while you're back. And honestly, the thing that the Underberg does for me more than anything is that, like, I don't ever get, like, I get too much beer in my stomach. And I get yeah. sick from having too much beer in my stomach. It's not like the alcohol full. is making me sick. I'm, I'm yeah, full. You're full. The Underberg almost, like, it's like a trash compactor. It <laughs> takes all that garbage that I've put in there and just mushes it down and makes room. And then, you know, we take the 10 minute walk to the next brewery we're going to. And I'm I'm like a million bucks. Let's let's go. Let's let's chug a couple milk pours and keep on drinking. Maybe have you tried just like chewing on a licorice? No, I hate that. I hate me too. Absolutely. The taste of that disgusts me. Like (laughs) I want to I want I want to chug the Underberg to the point where it doesn't hit my tongue. It just goes straight to the back of my throat and I never have to taste the god awful flavor it's a shame those spouts are so narrow it's like a, yeah. it's like trying to chug a bottle of tabasco sauce you know <laughs> just like yeah. slowly shaking it into your mouth ah, yeah. yeah so yeah. some facts about albuquerque beer scene um <laughs> shout out to our friends at the new mexico dark side brew crew for most of these facts 1855 is the oldest record of a brewery in new mexico isaac can you believe that 1855. Uh, it's actually Some an article. Wild, wild West shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They didn't have any roads or anything, but they had a fucking brewery. Yeah. Uh, so it's an article from a newspaper stating that an unnamed, unknown brewery was completely wiped out by a flood. That's the first record that we have of any brewing activities taking place in New Mexico. Over the years, you know, from 1855 on, many breweries would open and close and some would thrive and, you know, the late 19th century saw lots of breweries opening. Early 20th centuries saw even more breweries opening. And then, you know, our good old friend, the 18th Amendment came around and ruined everybody's fun. Prohibition, you know, of course, lasted for 13 years and just basically ruined the New New Mexico beer scene like it did in most everywhere. other places. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much everywhere. It Except was for the, the Canadians are like, what are you talking about? Eh? Yeah, what did you do? Why did you guys do that? Eventually, 1939, only six years after Prohibition was lifted in 1933, the Rio Grande, Rio Grande, I always, I always screw that up. The Rio Grande Brewing uh, would close 
and no commercial brewing would take place in the state of New Mexico for nearly 50 years. We talked about dry. We talked about you and I were talking about barbecue in Texas earlier. We talked about dry counties. Mm -hmm. The entire state of New Mexico was dry in the sense that they were not producing their own beer for 50 years. Yeah, but I bet you low key it was probably pretty wet. Yeah, yeah, probably some probably some booze flying around. Some uh, some important. Usually, usually the dry the driest counties or, or places are the are the wettest when you, when you get into it. Yeah, but fifty years is a long time to to go under the radar. It really is. Thankfully, in 1988, both the Santa Fe and Albuquerque Brewing Companies would open, respectively, in each of their towns, Santa Fe and Albuquerque. The Albuquerque Brewing Company never really got off the ground. They started contract brewing. And just we're never really able to raise the funds to, to open a tap room and go full on with it. And then unfortunately ceased their operations before 1990. But thankfully, the Santa Fe Brewing Company is currently the oldest New Mexico brewery in operations. They have multiple breweries, multiple tap rooms, multiple locations around central and southern New Mexico. And as of 2021, New Mexico has 100 breweries in operation. So from 1939 to 2021, they went from zero to 100, which I think is pretty good for a state that's, you know, pretty, pretty fairly uh, uh, spread out in terms of their, their population centers. That's that's a lot of breweries. It really is. The biggest city in New Mexico is Albuquerque. It's only right. about 500,000 people. So like New Mexico isn't like a giant uh, state. There's about 2 million people that live in the state uh, overall. So 100 breweries for 2 million people, that's pretty decent numbers for a city that literally, for a state that literally had no breweries right. half a century ago. So it escalated quickly. It, it really did. Yeah. It really did. Again, shout out to our friends at New Mexico Darkside Brew Crew for most of those facts. Check them out at nmdarksidebrewcrew.com. All right, so now let's jump into a quick interview with my friend Gabe Mangold. He's the guitarist for the metal band Enterprise Earth. He's also a music producer who, when not on the road with his band, spends most of his time living in places like New Mexico, inside a camping rig he built in a trailer. Uh, We'll check back with Isaac afterward to find out whether he prefers red or green chilies. First thing I guess I have to ask is like, what initially drew you to New Mexico and when did you move out there? I remember it was quite a, quite a long time ago. Right. Um, I believe it was the summer of 2016. And uh, what drew me out there is uh, I went out there to do the earth ship, like natural building off grid housing things. I don't know if you're familiar with that. A little bit. You want to, you want to explain it more? For- yeah. Yeah. So the earth ships um, and to anyone listening, uh, you can just, just Google it and look on the website would also be a great way to look at it too. But a brief synopsis or a brief rundown of Earthships are uh, there are these off-grid, you know, self-sustainable or so sustainable off-grid homes built out of new and used materials. And they're like beautiful homes. They're like built into like the natural landscape of the desert out there. And you can build them into whatever, you know, they work all over the world too. It's not just the desert where you can find them. They built them like literally all over the world. And they're just super cool homes. And um, I went out there to take a class on how to build them. And I ended up getting stuck in Taos, New Mexico for the next five months of my life. 
Uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I ended up there for the first time. So, and you're, you're not currently living in, in an earth ship, correct? N- no, no, I I've never lived permanently in an earth ship. I've stayed temporarily in them for a couple days or a week or something like that when I was doing my, my earth shipping out there. So, so it was New Mexico because of the earth ship program, right? Correct. Yeah, that's what, yeah, it drew me out there. And then that was really my first foray into the American West uh, as far as like living out there. I think I went to Salt Lake once for like a weekend, but I'd really never been out West before that. So it was like, obviously growing up East, it was like, whoa, this is way different um, <laughs> than out it's, here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I just fell in love with the desert and just the West in general and just, uh, was exposed to like new lifestyles like mobile living you know living out of your vehicle living out of your rig so on and so forth and i just thought that was so so cool and um here we are six years later and i'm still living in a rig so (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely want to talk about that rig because like van life it's like a thing now it's like Mm -hmm. a cool thing that yeah rich rich kids with their parents money go and they buy a brand new sprinter and deck it out and it's cool and you know everybody saw alex honnold and free solo and they're like well i want to go do that but you did this long before i mean anybody that i knew or any youtubers were out there making content about this so what was the end what was like the origin of like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna build a house in the back of this trailer and go when I first moved to New Mexico, just to loop back around real quick, I, uh, I I never like really camped extensively, like for more than a night, you know, and we myself and my friend who we uh, who I went out there with, we uh, decided we didn't want to pay for lodging there because it was kind of expensive. So and there there was a group of fellow earth shippers camping out in the forest. So we're like, yeah, let's just camp and join them. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And some of my friends out there were had like little you know rigs built into the back of their honda crv or their truck or you know something like that yeah. and um what, what what we would call dirt bagging out here um and and we i was like wow that's really badass and I, at the time i had a subaru forester so i was like all right i'm just gonna do that with my subi so i built like a little bed in the back of my subi and had all my you know my cooler and my clothes and you know everything my whole life in the back of a subaru forester and on top i had a roof rack too and I, I loved it. It was great. The freedom was awesome, you know, because I had, you know, really nothing else in my life at that time. So it was awesome. Um, and then I joined Enterprise Earth and I wanted to keep living that way. Um, I'd moved back to Pittsburgh at the time for about a year. And I was like, hey, you know, I want to do this again, but I want to build a studio and like I need more space than a Subaru Forester. It's like a little tight. So yeah. Um, Hence, weighing all the pros and cons of having a van, of having a this and that. I was like, I think a trailer is the best for me to fit all my stuff and, you know, have the sm- still the smallest footprint possible, but still have enough room f- to function on a, on a daily basis. So a 7x16 cargo trailer was acquired and then built out into a little camper that I'm in now. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I definitely want to talk about your band Enterprise Earth. Uh, uh, you have done how many how many records out of the trailer now? Um, so the Chosen, our last record was the first officially the first full length done out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did we did an EP prior to that. Uh, some as far as Enterprise Earth goes, uh, songs. I'm actually I'm mixing a song right now as we speak. Just taking a break from it. Um, we we have two new songs coming out soon. But I've done a handful of records in here for other bands because I, I do you know production work on uh, in addition to the band. That's like my job is being a producer, I guess. 
So I've done a handful of records in here already. And over the past two, two years or so since I started, you know, being a producer and um, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. You're the, you're the traveling Will Putney. I guess so. I, I mean, I, Will's got way more experience and a shit ton more. <laughs> he's done a couple records. I, yeah. yeah. He's, he's done a handful of, of, uh, of bangers you could say. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you live in the cool trailer, but you know, a big facet of, of being in a, in a band, especially like an underground metal band these days is touring. And uh, mm-hmm. obviously the shows is the highlight of touring, but, you know, we talk about travel here on Bruiseless Travel. Besides the shows, what what gets you excited about touring? That's literally it. Is the show, <laughs> is the shows uh, <laughs> more or less? I mean, all right. So it's playing shows, it's seeing your friends across the country, and it's eating food. Honestly, everything else about touring sucks. If I'm being completely honest, that's pretty much it. That's why we're about to head to Europe in January, and I love going to Europe because the food there is so good, and we get catered meals every day, and anything any bars and stuff you want to walk you can just walk to because you're in the city or just take a train or a bus or what public transport is so good over there I, so, i've yeah. lived in pittsburgh my whole life what's public transportation exactly yeah yeah wait you get catering every day is that like a is that on do you do that in like north american tours too or is that just like a european thing so yes but it's like standard in europe so like catering is part of like the tour it's like the venues take care of the artists much better over there so like food and a shower is like you know that's normal and expected over there and over here not so much until you get to like you know a larger level where you have catering and all this stuff and then that's part of your budget too so that comes Mm -hmm. out of your budget as well i mean catering over there comes out of your budget as well but it's not not as much and it's like it's it's normal over there to have a get-in food and a catered dinner every every day at at the show is it fair to say you like touring in europe more i so I like it in the sense that the reasons I just explained, the catered mm-hmm. meals, free uh, and you know free alcohol typically too, because they normally give the artist beer and or beer, wine, whatever you want, you know that is on your rider within reason. And then uh, everyone's usually on a bus, so that's nice. So no one has to drive. You just you got your bunk, you just, and you literally just wake up in the city, the next city you're in, and go out do your business for a little bit until load in, and then you know start start the day's work whenever it's time to load in the shows are fun it's just expensive obviously there's a high higher overhead for touring europe than in, there is in the states and people generally don't buy as much merch so we don't make as much money typically over there either but um overall it's great fun and you know just it's just fun and you know invest you invest your time over there and build just like you do in the states and eventually it does become profitable for for the business yeah i don't know if a lot of people know that that bands the majority if i'm correct the majority of money they make on tour is from merch sales most of the time yeah until your guarantee until you get large enough to where your guarantees cover your shit you know um but yeah it's uh that is the majority uh, i i mean so like you you know a typical show you have your guarantee and then merch is typically way more than your guarantee so yes mer- uh, the majority of the money does come from merch yeah so normally on the show we say support local breweries Go out there and support local artists, buy merch, yeah. buy your albums directly from them, buy your yeah. stuff directly from them. You mentioned drinking. Are you, are we, I don't think we've ever really talked about that. We've, we've known each other for quite a long time. <laughs> you kind of went off and went on the music. We, play, we played shows together. We organized shows yeah. together back in Pittsburgh and stuff. And you went down the music line and I kind of went down the beer line. Are you, are you much of a beer drinker? 
like I, I like beer. I can't like I'm not gonna be like, oh, this beer has this stuff and that stuff. I, I, I don't I don't know any of that. I just all right, cool, that tastes good. I'll drink it, you know. I'm not like too particular about it anything. So So you're not I, I believe I saw on your Instagram today, you are not currently in New Mexico, right? No, I'm in uh, Las Vegas right now. I just got into town yesterday. Are you in Red Rocks by chance? Uh, I'm kind of close to the area. I am camped uh, about 30 to 40 minutes east of or west of the far west end of the city. Uh, I won't reveal my location just because I don't like doing that. Well, that was kind of the question I had because like um, that's where I was going, like van life, people that sleep in their cars, like the safe haven for many years was like Walmart parking lots. And I've heard they've cracked down more on that. And there's so many more people living out in their van and living in their vehicle and, and boondocking or dirt bagging, as you called it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as the climbers call it. Mm-hmm. How do you find spots? Is it just word of mouth? Is there do you go on the dark web? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, there's if, if there's a dark web camping site, I would love to know because I don't know about that one. But um, no, I, I, most of the time I stay on BLM, uh, Bureau of Land Management or National Forest, where I, 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 as long as it's public land, it's it's free. Public land is always free. Yeah, you, you can you have a 14 day stay for free until you're supposed to leave uh or at least change spots supposed to leave yeah it, it, it all depends what's going on sometimes the rangers care sometimes they don't like right now it's the winter here i'm at five thousand feet there's not as many campers so it's unlikely that i'd be bothered after two weeks but um still it's usually just good protocol or just common courtesy to you know move on after two weeks so someone else can enjoy the space but yeah uh there's several apps that you can find out there and websites that will yeah, a lot of the areas I found are on those websites. Um, some of them places are by word of mouth by fellow friends and fellow van lifers or mobile dwellers that will tip you off to a spot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I hope you hope you uh, hope you get to enjoy yourself out there in Las Vegas. I think a lot of people don't realize like just outside of the hustle and bustle and bustle is some of the most beautiful natural spaces. Like Red Rocks is gorgeous and everything around there is just beautiful camping and hiking and mountain biking. Oh, yeah. So it's like literally everything like hiking, mountain biking, climbing, whatever it's all here. And it's all within like a 30 minute vicinity of the city too. It's, it's, it's really fucking cool. Well, and they got snow recently too. Is there snow on the ground where you are? Yeah, there, well, there's not on the ground here, but there's snow up on Mount Charleston, which is the high yeah. point. So there's snow up there. Um, yeah, anything above six, 7,000 feet probably retained a little snow, but I'm at five and uh, there's no snow here at the moment. But I, at this very campsite I'm at, I have gotten, I have been camping here during a snowstorm and it's really, really cool because like, you know, it just dumps everywhere. And, you know, I, I mean, like, you know, you, you, you watch the weather. So I like I'm prepared on like all my supplies. It's like, all right, I know I'm not going anywhere for two to three days yeah um but but it's really cool because you just kind of hang out and watch the storm roll in and then like there's just yeah snow everywhere and nothing else and it's 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 fun cool well uh yeah i hope you and jiro enjoy how's jiro doing your your adopted adopted dog he's good he's he's right there he's schnoozing (laughs) he's having a schnooze we went for a nice bike ride today so he's chilling out that's awesome that's awesome well gabe before we sign off here do you have anything you want to plug I guess just my band, because that's literally all I do with my life is <laughs> play play in a band and make music. So, um, yeah, uh, my band is called Enterprise Earth. We are death metal, metal, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, we have tour. If you're in Europe, we're touring there. We have new new songs coming out soon. New album next year. A lot of shit going on. We like to have fun. So 
if you're yeah. if we're in your city come have fun with us because we like to have a good time ian's got yourself a new vocalist dude is crushing it cannot wait Travis to hear the new good. yeah he's, he's really good yeah. yeah he's he's very very versatile i can't can't wait to see what comes next from you guys so uh thank you for joining me and yeah, uh thank you, you know hopefully having. hopefully we see each other in a, in a friendly capacity soon and not like over zoom yeah i'll let you know next time we uh happen to be in pittsburgh so that's that's pretty much pretty much gonna do it for us uh shout out to pat in the chat he is mentioning a hot topic in new mexico in albuquerque that we will certainly get into into other episodes Mm. lots of delicious green chilies isaac do you prefer red or green chilies Ooh, that's tough green hatch obviously okay i one of those things i want to say both like i want it all i ask you i ask you binary questions i I ask you questions with binary answers and you're like nope both of them i want everything i want it i think variety is the spice of life and i can have it pat pat in the chat says christmas style green green and red green and red that's right that's a great i I will go green that's the question that people are going to ask you when you go to albuquerque and you're talking about food do you do you prefer green or, or red chilies and I'm sure we'll ask that to every single one of our guests this month. But until we get to those rest, uh, those other guests, thanks to Gravity Bound for supplying these beers. These are really like top tier, really great beers. Yeah. Shout out. Super, super shout out to Gravity Bound. Make sure you check them out if you find yourself in Albuquerque. Two different beers from different ends of the spectrum beer. And both of them are, oh, yeah. are spot on. These are these are solid yeah. beers. You can follow them at Gravity Bound Brewing on Instagram. People asking in the chat, uh, do they distribute? No, no wide distribution. You're going to have to go to Albuquerque in the Albuquerque area to get beers from Gravity Bound. They're a small brewery. They just opened up in 2020. So uh, go to Albuquerque. Like I said, get on a Breaking Bad tour. Go see where they film the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and then also go to Gravity Bound, Marble, X Nova, Boxing Bear. Go to all the... There's, there's even... Again, follow Gravity Bound at Gravity Bound Brewing on Instagram. You can follow us at Bruvana. Also head over to Bruvana.com for more information about our beer club. And make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform and throw us a review on, on those plat- platforms. Spotify doesn't let you write reviews, but iTunes, the other ones, that's the only other one I know, actually. Uh, new episodes are now going to be released every Friday. So we're going to be with you as you head into the weekend. Fresh, bruise, less traveled content every Friday starting next week. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries. Cheers. Thanks, Brian. Woo!